Hello. Welcome to the Salisbury Pediatric Associate Health and Wellness Newsletter Audiocast. I'm your host, Dr. M, and this is Volume 13, Issue Number 25. This episode corresponds to the week of June 5th of 2023. This week, we're going to talk about sweat and heat, as well as look at a couple literature review pieces, and then the recipe of the week. The free thoughts, walking in the shadow of the past is to stay in stagnation. Walk in the light of the present and move forward. For me, this is sort of another way of saying, don't be a victim of anything. No matter what happens in life, keep looking forward, keep moving forward, keep trying to be the best version of yourself. To be a victim or to get stuck is to waste time and waste life. All right. Sweating and heat. Rhonda Patrick, a phenomenal researcher, podcaster, and newsletter writer herself, presented a few weeks ago at the Institute for Functional Medicine's annual international conference in Florida. I had the pleasure of being able to speak at that conference as well, as you know. Her discussion was a deep dive into the heat as a therapeutic modality for health enhancement, as well as she had a secondary part of her conversation around cold as a therapeutic health enhancement. What do we know about heat and sweat? Well, sweating is a very important tool that the human body and most mammals use to eliminate unwanted stuff. In this case, the body is primarily eliminating heat and toxins via a liquid that we call sweat. When we exercise vigorously, or it is a hot day, or we find ourselves overheating while fighting an infection, sweat will pour from our skin through glands and an endothermic reaction. The water that is released carries heat from the body with it. It evaporates into the air, liberating the heat and thus cooling the body. In this sweated liquid are electrolytes, like sodium and chloride, and toxins. Primarily, the sweat fluid has a natural release of small amounts of this sodium and to a lesser extent, potassium and calcium. This fluid will also facilitate the release of chemicals that the body does not like. In an article by Dr. Genius, G-E-N-I-U-S, and colleagues, they analyzed sweat versus blood and urine for toxic elements and stated, quote, many toxic elements appeared to be preferentially excreted through sweat, presumably stored in tissues. Some toxic elements readily identified in the perspiration of some participants were not found in their serum. Induced sweating appears to be a potential method for elimination of many toxic elements from the human body. And quote, this is from 2011 in the Archives of Environmental Contaminants and Toxins. So chemicals, heavy metals, and other toxins that are released through the sweat provide a major relief for the liver, the kidneys, and other cellular detoxification mechanisms throughout the body. The organs can get a much-needed rest from the consistent and constant work of detoxification from the toxic world that we find ourselves living in these days. It is clear to me that sweating is a necessary tool for human cellular protection through the removal of excess heat and toxic burdens. The act of sweating when hot also turns on a cassette of genes called heat shock proteins, HSPs, that are associated with longevity. These proteins are actually produced in response to all kinds of stressors, making them a class of stress response proteins that are upregulated transcriptionally in most cells in the body. They have a primary function of helping to repair damaged proteins and cells by refolding them into functional shapes. This refolding event reestablishes the cell's function and is the primary reason it improves longevity. 
The heat shock proteins reduce protein aggregation, which is important for neurodegenerative diseases where we see amyloid and tau plaques laid down in response to inflammation and or infection. A genomic single nucleotide polymorphism, what we've always talked about as SNPs, for heat shock proteins are associated with a two-year increase in longevity if your SNP is homozygous for HSP70 gene, which increases the function of the heat shock proteins. This comes just from Singh et al. in 2020-2010 in the journal Current Pharmacological and Diseases. Heat has a major effect on metabolism by increasing heart pump activity by increasing heart rate and stroke volume. It affects the body about the same as mild intensity exercise with a 100 wattage output workout, which is like a zone one activity. Heat exposure increases vasodilation and vascular compliance, which is a change in vascular tone based on blood pressure, where more compliance is better. There is also evidence that sauna use, heat exposure, increases heart rate variability. Heat exposure on a consistent basis leads to decreases in cardiometabolic disease issues. Bottom line, sweating is an elimination event that the body needs routinely to perform at peak ability. Get out and exercise in the heat. Go to a sauna and generally stress your body for its growth. Read the information below by the brilliant researcher, Rhonda Patrick. It is definitely worth your time. You can find that link in the Salisbury Pediatric Associate Health and Wellness Newsletter tab. And you go down and click on this newsletter on sweating and heat, and there's the link to Rhonda Patrick's website, which has a lot of great information on it. So for me, the simple answer is stress is good if short and targeted. Long, chronic stress of any kind. You'll overheat. Stress of mental, you'll hurt yourself in mental ways. All kinds of things in short bursts are great. Literature review section two. Number one, in a very interesting article in JAMA, we see a study looking at vitamin D dosing and a long-term risk of mood disorder in childhood. Infants are recommended to take 400 international units of vitamin D daily as a supplement of breastfeeding or through formula. In this study, mothers with low vitamin D levels of less than 30 at baseline would indicate higher risk. The infants were given 1,200 IU dose, had a 2x reduced risk of mood problem at 6 to 8 years of age. This comes for us to, to us from Sandbog, S-A-N-D-B-O-G-E, at, in the journal JAMA in 2023. So for me, the simple answer here again, vitamin D's long been associated with mood struggles, especially in the winter months. What would be nice would be unique child sampling to supplement directly those in need in our office on a consistent basis. That would be awesome. Two, phthalates, P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S. Crazy word for a chemical known as an endocrine disrupting chemical that is used in our environment for many different products, including personal care products like cosmetics and creams, medical devices, including IV tubing plastic toys, carpets, and in-home floors, and other plastics. Clearly, they're everywhere. From studies in the journal Environmental Research and PLOS One, we see the first study from Environmental Research investigated the effects of phthalate exposure on the intelligence and intentional performance on six-year-old children. The second, looked at, the, the second study, which was in PLOS One, looked at children uh, that were up to 12 years old and their phthalate exposure. And what they found was that childhood phthalate exposure had significant effects on IQ variables. The results suggest that phthalate exposure in children, but not maternal exposure, has an adverse effect on IQ and attentional performance. This comes just from Kim et al., 2017, in the journal Environmental Research. 
and Huang et al. 2015 in the journal PLOS One. There are so many studies linking the exposure of childhood plastics, excuse me, of children to plastics like bisphenol A and the phthalates, and then the effects of those exposures on long-term brain concerns of neurodevelopment that we really shouldn't be talking about this anymore other than trying to avoid it. This is a real problem for humans. Section three, recipe of the week is a bowl of happiness, something that I make a lot at home. Take a large bell pepper, slice it up. Half an avocado, slice it up. Can of Trader Joe's trout, slice it up. Half a diced, half a shallot, sliced up. Tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil. Quarter teaspoon of garlic powder. A little bit of salt and pepper to taste. Mix it all together and eat it. You could put it on some high quality whole grain bread or a wrap or just eat it in a bowl with a spoon. Just lovely. Okay, that's a quickie this week, folks. The song of the week is Homeward Bound by Simon and Garfunkel. And remember, don't be a victim. Be a forward thinker and a forward mover. As always, hug those kids. Have a great day. The information provided in this podcast is for informational purposes and educational purposes only. This audio-casted newsletter is not a substitute for advice and or treatment provided by your physician or the healthcare professional and is not to be used to treat a health issue or diagnose it. This audio-casted newsletter does not constitute the formation of a provider-patient relationship. Have a great day.